Hey, pastors and church leaders, I wanted to take a minute and talk with you specifically about how Nothing is Wasted can partner with you and your church in helping people navigate the valleys of pain and trauma. It doesn't take long for those in ministry to realize the incredible needs that stem from the difficulties people have walked through in their lives. In fact, it can become quite overwhelming to even begin to know how on a large scale to make your church a place where hurting people can not only find a place to belong, but also the healing they need. This is the heart behind the Nothing is Wasted Pain to Purpose course. And and we know from pastors and church leaders just like you that this course is bringing incredible hope and healing to those within churches across the country. Listen to Pastor Kenneth Wagner of United Church in Delaware share what a difference Pain to Purpose is making in his church's DNA. As a lead pastor, it has been one of the most rewarding things for me to watch people walk through pain to purpose and to be able to see that that not only do we have a resource for them, but we've got uh, a place, an atmosphere, a community where people can come to and just work through their stuff. So if you're ready to equip your congregation with the tools it needs to heal and see the life-changing transformation from pain to purpose, not only for their own personal benefit, but so that they can better serve the church, the community, and beyond let us help. To learn more, go to nothingiswasted.com slash churches. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash churches and join churches all over the country that are bringing healing in a practical, biblical, trauma-informed way to those within their walls. Nothingiswasted.com slash churches. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey, and joining me (gasps) once again... Your co-host, Aubrey Sampson. So glad to be with you today. So good to have you guys joining us. We have an incredible interview with Tim Timberlake. I'm going to go ahead and acknowledge this because our last conversation last week, the episode where we kind oh, of yeah, pitched this it is to funny. this. <laughs> See, what you got to understand, guys, is that um, we bash record these intros yes. and outros. So we do about four at a time. And mm-hmm. so just like you learned a few episodes ago, I was up at 2.45 this morning catching yeah. a flight to Delaware. We're putting on this round table for pastors. And I'm like... You, I'm finding out like I'm not very coherent when I'm <laughs> I like that little I sleep. like Tired Davy. <laughs> Tired Davy is fun uh, to be. But yes, and because of that, you were trying to make that, a joke about Timberlands. Timberlands, Timberlands, the boot. Yes, and you said Timberlake. But uh, to be fair, I slept you know, 8 hours and I went along with it. Like I yeah, was like, you yeah, totally that didn't catch right. it. Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds right. right. Mm-hmm. The Timberlakes. Yeah. Yes, so we uh, we own our ridiculousness. Justin built them. It's his <laughs> brand and <laughs> Tim uh, Tim Timberlake. Let's move on to Tim Timberlake. Tim Timberlake is our guest today. It's a great conversation. And here's why I like this conversation. We talk about, you know, nothing is wasted. We we say, okay, we want to help you in your trauma, tragedy, and major life transitions. Yeah. And the reality is, is many of us have experienced trauma. Many of us experience big T tragedy. Yep. We all experience major life transitions. Yes. And it seems like that we can get caught off guard by those major life transitions. And yet that seems to be how God operates with us in a lot of ways that life is seasonally, Mm. uh, it, uh, it, it flows seasonally. 
and God works in seasons. Yeah. And um, I'm not very old, so it feels weird to ever say the longer I've lived, you yeah. know, but, but right. because I have multiple decades, yeah. you know, in my story, I can look back and go, oh, it seems like God is working. Whereas early on in my life, those seasons shocked me. Those transitions shocked me. Yeah, yeah. And it's important, I think, for us to look at that and go, okay, there are ebbs and flows of life and seasons where God is sometimes removing us from something, sparing us from something, mm-hmm. transitioning us for mm-hmm. many different reasons. And transitions are important for us to wrap our heads around, wrap our hearts around and fully grieve the past mm, that's good. so we can step into the new thing that God has for us. You know, we just, Aubrey sold our house that the house I bought after Amanda passed away, the house wow. I healed in. Wow, I mean, this Davey. was a significant part of my healing. That's a really big, I mean, that's a big thing. It's a major transition. Mm. And it mm. um, is the house that Christy, and I, that, you know, Christy moved into when we got yeah, married. Yeah, you we started, started our, family our family. Started our family. Our family. Cohen was brought home from the hospital. At, I mean, it was a, mm. And we had that house. I lived in it for seven years. Wow. Which is significant in and of itself, right? Seven is the number of completion. Yep. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Mm. And so what we did to commemorate that the last week before it closed was we took the kids to the house. We swam in the pool for the last Aww, time. I love that. We walked around to every room and we shared our favorite memories. Oh, that makes me want to cry. Gosh. I and love that. Where, it's funny because there were moments where we were like very much tearing up and it was very special. And then there were moments that our kids right. just sabotaged it with their like... <laughs> Like yeah. it, I don't want to say sabotage with their silliness. That sounds so, but like there were moments where like, this is not the moment to be like, like you're about to put a dent in the wall right now. You're <laughs> wrestling and you're trying. All that's to uh, say is that kids. transitions are really important Yeah, for us to end well. Yes. Because that's the, that's the springboard for us to start well mm. in the next season. Mm. And Tim does a phenomenal job of talking through a lot of that. Yeah, I am. I am so excited for you uh, listeners to hear this because I think you're exactly right. It's something everybody deals with. He's got a lot of wisdom, and uh, yeah, I just think this is going to be a it's going to be a powerful conversation. I'm actually yeah. really. I, I haven't listened to it yet, and so I'm interested in in taking a listen while our listeners do. Well, Tim, it's great to have you on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for joining me, man. Man, what an honor, Davey. Thank you for having me on. Hey, I would love, uh, for the folks in our community who maybe aren't familiar with you or what you do, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about you and your family and where you're at currently. And then, man, we're going to dive back into your story because you've walked through some pretty difficult things. I know they're going to minister to people as they're listening to this. Tell us who you are and what's going on in your life right now. Yeah, so me, my wife, our six-year-old son, uh, we live in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we pastor an amazing church called Celebration Church, which is headquartered here in Jacksonville with multiple locations, uh, kind of spread throughout the United States and uh, Europe and Africa. Uh, we um, have been in ministry together now going on eight years. I've been senior pastoring uh, 19 years, and the way I kind of— got called in the ministry, uh, was a little bit different than, uh, you know, most people's journey and most people's path. Uh, my parents started off in ministry. They planted uh, in the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina area uh, many years ago and quickly became one of the fastest growing churches in the early 70s in North Carolina. 
And uh, the actual town that they were in outside of Raleigh-Durham was a town called Creedmoor, North Carolina, that had a population of about 2,400 people. And our church quickly outgrew the population of our city. Um, and uh, my parents continued to travel. They had a global television ministry and, and just did some really incredible things for the kingdom of God. Um, and in 1997, my father was diagnosed with stage four cancer mm-hmm. and uh, was misdiagnosed for about two years. And so by the time they caught it, they told him that he had about three weeks to live. And they offered him this experimental surgery uh, where they cut him from the back of one ear and ended uh, the incision on the back of the other ear, opening up his uh, neck entirely and uh, removing a tumor from his throat the size of a chipmunk. And when they did that, they also removed the quarter of his tongue. And so he was no longer able to eat or drink or swallow wow. uh, for the remainder of his life. He was fed through a G-tube. And, you know, for me, uh, that was my hero. I never saw him, um, you know, do anything that was not a reflection of Jesus. I never even heard my father raise his voice. And uh, to see him struggle and fight for his life. I just put me in a position, if I'm being honest with you, where I was very angry with God. I was frustrated with God. I was disappointed that God would allow this uh, to happen uh, because my perspective and my faith uh, for who Jesus was was built off of the shoulders of my parents. I really didn't have my own faith. I didn't have my own revelation of who Jesus was until I had went through Uh, that season with my dad and just seeing his strength, his resilience, his faithfulness encouraged me and strengthened me. And uh, I ended up going off to college after he died the day after my 18th birthday. Um, He sat down with me on my 18th birthday and talked to me for five hours and really just spoke life into me and what he uh, had seen um, God developing in me and what he desired for my life to look like and the plans that he knew God had for me. And then after about five hours, David, he pat me on the leg. He went upstairs to his room and uh, 2 a.m. that following morning, my mom knocks on the door. She asked me uh, to help her move him out of the bed because he wasn't responding. And by the time I got into his room and kind of pulled him out of the bed, he had already died and uh, transitioned from this life to the next. And, um, you know, I was super uh, just confused and really lost at uh, what I was going to do moving forward and uh, ended up going to a school uh, called Hampton University that was about three hours from my mom. I would drive back every weekend to check on her. And it was uh, coming back from uh, one of our away basketball games uh, there at the university that I went to sleep in my apartment. And I thought that I had woken up uh, and I was standing on the stage in front of all these people. Mm. And I looked down at my hands and I could see that there was some blood kind of smeared on my hands. And The moment that I realized that it was blood is the moment that I heard the audible voice of God for the first time. And the voice of God uh, reassured me of what my dad had told me. There's a call in your life. There's an assignment on your life. There's a God-given destiny uh, and a mantle on you. And the longer you run from what I've called you to do, everyone that you could have influenced, their blood will be held to your account. And I woke up immediately right out of that dream. Wow. And I called my mom and it was three o'clock in the morning and 
I just kind of frantically told her what had happened, what I experienced, and and she started laughing hysterically. And it, it confused me, like, what the heck are you laughing at? Like, what is going on? And she said, you know, that's the same exact dream your father had when God called him into ministry. Come on. And I had no on. clue. Me and him never talked about it, and he never shared that with me. And uh, I ended up leaving— uh, the university that I was at that week and transferring to Bible College in Detroit, Michigan, finishing up there and uh, went back to North Carolina to start my pastoring journey. Wow. Man, when you said yeah. you had an unconventional call to ministry, I don't know, I wasn't expecting that. Oh <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty wild. And so I started pastoring at 20 and uh, an established church, uh, a mega church. And people ask me, well, what was it like? And the best thing for me to compare it to, it's like stepping into a fire with a gasoline suit on. <laughs> it is it is a wild ride, but yeah. thank God uh, the church uh, is still thriving. We still pass through that community. Uh, God is still doing some really phenomenal and supernatural things uh, in Creedmoor, Raleigh, Durham area of North Carolina. Wow. Wow, man. You know, I mean, on this side of your story, especially as you've ex encountered the Lord in that way, in that calling, and as you've probably continued, I mean, I'm sure you could tell us story after story after story of ways that the Lord has shown up and brought meaning to your dad's loss. Um, you know, in that moment, it, you know, it's, it's hard to say an, an untimely loss because it feels like every loss feels untimely, right? It doesn't matter if it's loss of a parent or loss of a child or loss of a spouse, right? It all just, it's like, man, this isn't the way that things are supposed to go because the curse of the fall, now we live in that aftermath and we're going to experience yeah. death on this side of eternity. And and um, it, it, so to say it's untimely, but for you, it was a, at a very pivotal point in your life, you oh, know, absolutely. kind of the peak of adolescence where you're looking for, you know, this figure that you've always looked to as not just an example, but a mentor and, you know, someone that you was your hero. And now you're sitting at a crossroads in your own life and, and you've just experienced uh, the loss of that, of that hero, that mentor, that father. And so what was that like for you, you know, before it seems like the Lord kind of showed up to become a father for you personally? I mean, how did that Talk to me a little bit more about that wrestling of being angry with God and, and why, maybe maybe from this vantage point, why was that wrestling so essential to what was going to come next for you? Oh, for sure. I, I think, and, and you know this, um, you know, having lost loved ones, you don't ever get over it. You grow stronger through it. And there are seasons of your life uh for me, even now that I still wrestle with it, uh, you know, what would it had been like? What would reality look like? Would I even be pastoring if my father was still here? Um, and, you know, I wrestled with it then because I, I did not have a true understanding of who I was aside from uh, being Mac Timberlake Jr.'s son. Mm. And, um, you know, even wrestling through it, I think oftentimes has a negative connotation, but when you wrestle with something, it's an indicator that you have not been overtaken or overwhelmed That's right. by the idea of loss. Um, and so even, even just yesterday, I was kind of reflecting and processing and came to this realization. Uh, it's hard to lose what you never own. Mm -hmm. And our loved ones, when they transition, 
Um, we often u- utilize the terminology loss, but the fact that we had an opportunity uh, to live out our lives with such gifts and right. have That's joy right. and um, you know, experience the things that we experience, and then they graduate from this life to the next. That's really a congratulations. That's right. And and you know, I was just thinking, man, what an honor it was to um, you know have such an incredible gift, because that's what these people are. You know, yeah. they are gifts in our lives, and and they are gifts to the people that. Uh, they love and that love them. And so a, a graduation comes, uh, you know, I, I stop really looking at it as a loss and start looking at it as congratulations. They so um, have gotten their crown. They have gotten their heavenly and righteous reward. And what an honor and a privilege it was to just be in their presence and enjoy the gift of who they were while they were here on earth. And so, you know, in hindsight and reflecting on that, the more that I really process it from that viewpoint, uh, the more I see the benefits of going through what I went through, the pain that I went through mm-hmm. and, and the struggle that I went through. And, you know, it, it's all a um, defining mechanism that can utilize its greatness and extract greatness out of us if we allow it to that there is no king, there is no queen that's positioned until another king or another Mm -hmm. queen transitions. And so I think for us to have an opportunity to step up and into a position uh, that only comes when it's passed on to us. Number one, it's honoring. Number two, it's 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 putting us in a position to reflect those that have gone before us. And, and number three, it shows us the faithfulness of God uh, because although it is an end to uh, a life for someone, it's not an ending for everyone. Right. And right. so for those of us that are still here, I think we have to learn uh, how to glean the goodness, how to glean the the joy, how to glean the happiness out of life, because that's what our loved ones would want for us. And so yeah. that's what I've tried to do. Uh, I've tried to stay in the lane and in the vein of who I believe um, my father would want me to be, and more, most importantly, who Jesus has called me to be. And uh, I know that he's celebrating that in mm. heaven. Mm. I love that perspective, Tim, because you know that's the that's the perspective that we have to have to carry us through this, right? It flips things. It's, you know, for us on in this side of eternity, death feels like a departure for heaven. It's an arrival. Yeah. You know, we're, I mean, we're a mist, we're a vapor. We're, this is such a short life. And if we can maintain that eternal perspective that says, okay, we're going to be with our loved ones. We're going to be with Jesus for eternity, for all eternity, as far as our mind can fathom and more. And, and what it does is it informs how we live our life. Yeah. It, there is a, what I'm hearing from you is I'm hearing this open handedness that says, okay, hey, listen, everything that's in my life, including the relationships, everything is a gift that's from right. a good and heavenly father, right? And Elizabeth Elliot says it this way she says, what you gain in relationship to the giver far outweighs the loss of the gift. Mm-hmm. So when you're tethered to the giver himself, right, and you're open handed with your life, as, it, as I'm hearing you talk about, then not only, yeah, it doesn't mean you're not going to grieve or have sorrow. No, 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 no. Of course, you're still going to have that that sorrow, That's but right. you 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 have that sorrow from a different perspective. We don't grieve as those who don't have hope. We That's go, right. thank you, and we can honor the gift that has been given to us in the season that it was given to us, and then we can move forward. And, and we have now open hands 
to receive other gifts as we move forward into the future. That's right. I, I had to learn if I put more value on the gift than the giver of the gift, I miss an opportunity uh, to really experience the greatness of the giver in God. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I never want to put more emphasis on my finite thinking and my minuscule perspective than what God sees, what God has said, what God is doing. Because although I may not understand it, although it may not seem uh, like it's the right outcome, God is doing something so significant in what I can't understand uh, that I have to be in alignment with God to really benefit from it, even if I don't get the answers that I want. And one of the things that I've had to bring myself to the conclusion of is God doesn't live up to my expectations. Mm. The Bible doesn't say that he lives up to my expectations. It says that he exceeds my expectations. Mm. And so if God meets my expectations, how can he exceed them? Hmm. And one time I was praying and and God just reminded me of that. He says, "I, I, I don't live up to your expectations, but I will always live up to my word. And when my expectations align with God's word, then I always see the blessing and the benefits and the greatness of God, even in a hard season. And just not the loss of my father, but the loss of many people that were close to me, around me in the same time frame. And so it was uh, in the same window of time that I lost about 11 people that were either family or friends directly connected to me. And and uh, you know that season of life was just really, really hard. A lot of questions, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions about following Jesus is that you can't take questions to Him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, no, don't question God. Well, how else do we learn right. the goodness and the greatness of a father? I have a six-year-old son. We were talking about this a little earlier, but the the way that he learns at this particular stage in his life is by asking questions. And he's not asking questions to be redundant. He's not asking questions to be disrespectful. He's asking questions because he legitimately wants to learn how things function, how things operate, how things work. And it's through asking questions that he's grappling with the reality of the answers he's searching for. I believe it's the same thing with God. When we ask God questions, we have to bring ourselves to the conclusion that we may not get the answers that we want, but God will provide the answers that he desires for us to know in his timing. And when that's our, uh, uh, when our faith is anchored and grounded in that, then I believe we're not swayed to the left and to the right. Uh, We're we're anchored in the hope of Jesus. Our faith isn't in something. Like our faith isn't in the outcome of something. Our faith is in someone. And when we anchor our faith in Jesus, it allows us to have this assurance that even if we don't get the answers that we want, uh, we still have the answer found in Jesus. And that's all that we need. Hi, friend. I don't know what brought you to Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, but if I had to guess, it was probably your own pain story. In fact, maybe you recently found us in the work that we do because you're going through some kind of trauma, tragedy, or major life transition. Uh, Maybe you've recently gotten the phone call with the unexpected diagnosis, or you've lost a loved one, or found out about your spouse's sexual betrayal. 
Maybe your grief is extremely fresh, and right now you're wondering, well, what, what do I even do? How do I move forward? What, what am I supposed to do right now? Listen, I, I've been there. And we know how the early days after loss or receiving the diagnosis or getting that unexpected news or learning about a betrayal or whatever it is you're facing, we know that life in those moments can be extremely disorienting and, and difficult. It's hard to think about anything but how to survive from minute to minute in this, um, you know, I almost hate this term, but in this new normal. We want to help you as you enter into life, uh, that especially when it takes this different direction than what you've ever imagined. Now, we have a course called Pain to Purpose Course, and we know that it's so helpful for those who have had a, a handful of months to already process their pain, but we knew we needed something for those who have just found themselves in the middle of it, like their lives have just flipped upside down. And, and so we've created this new four-session mini course called When Everything Changes, Navigating the Early Days of Loss, Trauma, and Tragedy. Now, in this course, you'll hear from me as well as our Nothing is Wasted podcast co-host, Aubrey Sampson, and our community director, Amy Sylvester. And we're going to be talking about practical ways to support yourself during this season. We'll talk about how to lament and, and what you need in order to take the first steps forward after your life is forever changed. Now, the sessions are intentionally concise because when you're processing trauma or grief, it can be very difficult to engage with a whole lot of information. But within these sessions, you'll get the encouragement to know you're not alone in, in what you're feeling, as well as some practical next steps on what to do in the aftermath of your pain. This isn't some theoretical idea on how to deal with what you're going through. It's real tried and true wisdom from others who have been where you are and have gone through cataclysmic shifts in their lives. I wish I would have had this kind of practical wisdom in the beginning of my own pain to purpose journey, but I'm so excited that we get to share this resource with you. It's the exact resources that I needed. And so in order to access this, you can go to nothingiswasted.com slash everything changes. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash everything changes. And you can purchase this course or better yet, you can join community plus and nothingiswasted.com slash community plus, And you can access this in addition to all of our other resources behind our content library immediately. Look, I'm so sorry for the pain that you're walking through. And I want to encourage you that you can walk through this with hope and life. It can have hope again, even when everything changes. You said something and, and I don't know if the, if you're listening to this, watching this on YouTube, I don't know if you caught this, but I, it's, I certainly caught it. You, you, made the statement i might i don't want to i don't want to misquote you but a, a a king cannot rise into a a position unless another king transitions yeah and that's so important because i think there are so many people today in ministry or otherwise who because they don't hold this open-handed uh perspective on life they're grasping at and pining for and striving for something they don't already have or haven't already attained. And so they're grabbing at mantles that God hasn't placed on them yet. Mm -hmm. And what I think, you know, just a little bit I know about you, your story, what you've talked about a little bit, even here in this conversation, I, I, I admire that about you. It seems that there is, of course, you're wrestling through it just like the rest of us are, but it seems like there is a, a piece with resting in 
the mantle God places on you or someone else transitioning and, and God placing you up, right? Almost like this David Saul kind of thing where it's like, how dare I lift my hand against the Lord's anointed when he had multiple opportunities to step into his quote unquote anointing. And yet he's like, no, I'm not going to do it until, you know, this Amalekite brings him the crown and the, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's God's going, okay, now you are stepping into that appointing moment right there. Talk to me a little bit about that when it comes to even just the seasons of life that we find ourselves in and how we approach those seasons and how we sit in, you know, the pace of God. Um, it seems to me you probably got some stuff that you've wrestled because you just said that right off the cuff. And I'm like, that's deep. Someone needs that. We need to dive into that a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about that in terms of your own life and your own transitions. Yeah, I think anyone that has gone through great pain can identify with this next statement. Uh, Humility and peace are the fruit of pain. Mm. And I think when you go through a certain level of pain, it produces a level of humility um, that can't be acquired any other way. And what I mean by, you know, you can't become a king or queen until there's a transition. A king that desires to be a king uh, from a historical standpoint doesn't stay king long. Mm. Um, It's those that really thought that they were unequipped and unfit and and not capable of stepping into that position, even from a biblical standpoint. The people that did incredible and great things uh, were oftentimes the people who felt like they were uh, unqualified to do those things. And and so whenever you are being uh, asked of God to step into a season or an assignment, it's because God sees more in you than you see in yourself. But he always uh, transitions us from faith to faith, glory to glory. And so when we when we look at who has gone before us, when we look at the people that have transitioned uh, and, and you look at uh, who no longer is in the positions uh, that you now feel, uh, it's because uh, portions of them have been instilled in you and you stand on their shoulders to carry out some of the prayers and some of the uh, petitions and some of the requests uh, that they have made known. And so I'm operating in a season now, Davey, where I am seeing some of the prayers that my father prayed come to pass. Mm. Um, And so although he never saw them physically, uh, he is uh, experiencing uh, them through me. And so my son will see prayers that I've prayed come to pass that I never have an opportunity to experience in this lifetime. Um, But the only thing that lives beyond us is our memories. And so Mm -hmm. there's things that I remember. There's things that I, I reflect on now uh, that I share with my son because he's never met my father. He's never met my grandfather. He's never met my, my my grandmother or my grandfather on either side. And so the memories that I share with him uh, are the things that uh, continue to allow their legacy, their wisdom, their knowledge, their understanding uh, to live and transcend beyond them. And so uh, that, that's what I mean about the king and the queen component and aspect. It's painful, it's costly, it's inconvenient, but it always draws greatness out of us that would stay dormant and would continue to lie dormant on the inside of us if we were not 
pushed into this season and this assignment. It's great. And so, you know, for, for those listening that are stepping into seasons or uh, that have seen people transition around you, there is no mantle that goes wasted. That's right. Every mantle falls on someone. And I would just encourage our listeners, if, if there's a, a mantle that has not been occupied, uh, pick it up, run with it, because there's someone else that is depending on you to operate in your God-given assignment so that they can experience and connect to Jesus the way mm. that he desires for them to connect. Mm. And so life is lived out in the currency of relationships, and it's important that we understand um, our role, even if we don't understand how our assignment is impacting the lives of other people. Wow, that's so good, man, so good. It's interesting how our assignments or our calling or a fresh expression of those Callings, maybe a maybe a mm. new assignment or a, de, a detour in that, or what we would think is a detour. It's really part of God's plan. Come often on the backside of these really deep, dark nights of the soul. Oh, absolutely. I think you know there's um, very few things that are great that we experience in our life that don't come on the heels of something traumatic. And, uh, you know, it's like going to a concert and, and paying for, um, you know, premium seats or VIP seat. And you go to this concert to see the headliner act. But if you read the small print, you'll see that there's a couple of acts that come before the headline. And, uh, you know, no one sits in that concert and the uh, first couple of acts come out who aren't, by the way, as good as who you paid to see. They don't have a name that you've paid to see. They don't have the recognition that you've paid to see, but you are going to see them. And sometimes it's painful to watch, but no one gets up in the middle of those sets and those artists and ask for a refund on their premium seats or their VIP seats because they understand what they've paid for. They understand what they're waiting for. They understand if I can make it through these first 30 minutes, the next two hours will be well worth my investment into this concert. Right. And I think it's a lot like that in life. Oftentimes, we want to cash in on the season of preliminary pain before we see the breakthrough, the benefits, the blessings, the supernatural. And I just encourage our listeners, stay seated long enough to experience the hand of God move, even if it's in an uncomfortable situation. What happens after that is so great, so supernatural, so life-changing uh, that you won't remember the acts that went before the headline event. So good. That's so good. That's why Romans says, suffering mm -hmm. produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, right. and character, hope. What's on, the, what's on the heels of suffering? It's hope. That's right. It's the thing, the thing that we can only experience, this peace. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what, what we're all desiring is not necessarily, I mean, if you get down to the the deep core level of our soul, we're not desiring swimming circumstances, right? Right. We yeah. think that peace comes from those and that's not the reality. Peace comes from a different source in the midst of any kind of circumstance. Yeah. But suffering is often the thing that causes us to become awakened to that. Absolutely. You know, scripture says he'll give us peace that surpasses all natural understanding. And I wrestled with that scripture for a long time. And you know, finally, I was praying one day and God says, it's very simple. You receive peace when you give up your right to understand. 
And there are going to be some things in our life that happens that we just won't understand. And we have to bring ourselves to the conclusion that the moment we stop wrestling with trying to get answers and we just accept what God is doing is the moment we receive his peace. And uh, the peace that God gives us far outweighs uh, our uh, self-responsibility or self-entitlement to get an answer from God. And uh, I would rather have the peace of God and in the seasons of pain that I go through or some made up answer that I've given myself for fake peace. Mm. And uh, I've just come to that place, man, where even in great pain, I believe that pain is producing something in me. That's right. And I believe that that season of pain won't end until I learn what that season is producing. Mm. And so I have this saying, no pain will leave my life until it produces greatness. Mm. And uh, it's just like the gym. Every day in the gym, we have an opportunity to go in, watch, wait, look at other people working out, or to put our body through some pain, to put our body through some resistance to get the results that we need. it's, It's crazy how we believe that we can get results in this life without going through some type of resistance, some type of pain, some type of friction. It doesn't happen. And so we have to remind ourselves that God has strengthened us. He's equipped us. And uh, although we don't want to, although it's painful, although it overwhelms us, although it seems like we are are being killed in whatever it is uh, that is is bringing that pain, we have to remind ourselves that although it may be over our head, it's still under the feet of Jesus. And that in and of itself uh, brings me great comfort and peace. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment to connect you with a free resource that I know will be helpful in your pain to purpose journey. It's our free seven day devotional that you can sign up for right now. With this devotional, you'll get seven daily devotions that I wrote. We'll deliver them directly to your inbox each morning for seven days. These are adapted from our pain to purpose 42 day devotional and are full of daily scripture readings, questions to reflect upon and prayer prompts to help you focus your heart. If you're looking for some encouragement and whatever you're facing, this is it. And listen, the best part about it, it's completely free. All you have to do is go to devo.nothingiswasted.com. Again, that's D-E-V-O.nothingiswasted.com to sign up for this seven-day devotional. Now, I don't know your story, but what I do know is that God isn't done with it. Whether you've endured a recent loss, a divorce, an unexpected diagnosis or some other painful reality, God wants to give you hope when it seems like all hope is lost. Let's take seven days together to find that hope in whatever you're walking through. Sign up today at devo.nothingiswasted.com. What's interesting is you, you mentioned this uh, that you know it wasn't just the loss of your dad, but several other, in some ways, successive losses. And but the reality is, is I mean, I know you're a pastor, you, you're in ministry, and so I know that your life is not immune to pain. Right? There's so much disappointment, so much suffering, so much loss, so much hardship in the life of a pastor, or someone in ministry, in all of our lives. But yours gets put on display in some ways. 
mm-hmm. you know, I have this theory and so that, and it, you know, it kind of comes from that old saying that it, it's doubtful that God can use a man greatly until he's wounded him deeply. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that A.W. Tozer saying. And, yeah. um, but you look at the prophets, you look at the folks who the, in scripture that had these messages from the Lord and they're seeing, if you peer into their life, scripture shows us there's a, there's suffering that's involved in all of that. And so that there's a, yeah. so it seems like whether it's because a pastor's life is in front of everybody being lived out, you know, there seems to be just pain that it, or spiritual warfare that accompanies it. Right. And so I, I guess I, I say all that to set this up. You talked about this calling in your life that was just unmistakable, right? You weren't necessarily looking for it, but you were positioned to receive this calling you were positioned to be attuned to the Lord's voice and you were able to say, you know, here, here I am, send me in a lot of ways. How important was that calling or has that calling, that like real clear calling been for you as you've been now persevering in ministry through ups and downs? And talk to me about that a little bit because, you know, we, uh, we talk a bit about, you know, what it looks like. I mean, the world's going to talk about resilience. It's going to talk about scripture calls it, you know, long suffering and perseverance. Right. But there is something about the calling of God that puts a critical piece in the ability to long suffer. How important has that been for you? Oh, it's, it's been the compass. It's been what has kept me focused on uh, what is priority and important in this life. And, you know, just even the word calling, I think sometimes we make it too deep. But when we hear the voice of someone that we love calling us, it reassures us. I can remember when I was like five or six years old and I got lost in Disney World and I was lost for hours. I mean, hours. I had no idea where I was. I had no idea what my family was. And I was frantic. I was panicking. I was losing my little five-year-old mind. And I remember out of nowhere hearing the voice of my father softly call my name and just the the blanket of peace that covered me, the reassurance that, okay, I'm fine. I'm safe. They have found me. That calling reassured me. It was a compass to let me know that I'm no longer lost. I now have direction because I've heard the voice of my father. And I think that when we have a a call from God, it's a compass that allows us to know in this life, you may have moments where you don't know which way is up and what direction you need to go in, but you listen to the voice of God and it's a compass that leads you. It's a compass that guides you. It's a compass that gives you direction. And when we hear the call of God, when we hear uh, the assignment that he's put on us and the assignment that he's put in us, it constantly reminds us uh, of what direction we need to go in and how when we move in that direction, it benefits and blesses not just us, but everyone that comes into contact with us. Uh, you know, for me, that calling has been uh, the the compass that has kept me moving in the right direction when life has gotten tough. And it's been the compass that has kept me uh, from drifting away and from wondering what in the world am I doing when I am asking God what in the world is happening. Mm. And so what God has placed in me is for me, but what God has placed on me is for others. Oh, and that wow. call reminds me so of the 
compass that God has placed in me and on me, leading me and guiding me into all perfect truth so that people uh, can get what they need out of the call of God on my life. And I'm not stagnant or become my own ceiling because I'm doing what I want to do in the seasons that I want to do it. So good. What God has placed in me is for me. What God has placed on me is for others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a, that's so important for us to understand because we can quickly get that backwards or upside down, right? Yeah. And man, um, you know, this calling that we talk about, right? This isn't just reserved for pastors, for church leaders, yep. for right people in ministry. If if God, wherever God has you on the map, He has you in ministry, man. Like all of us, everybody. So as you're pastoring people, as you're trying to help them to discover the unique calling that God has placed on their life. What do you what do you tell them? How do you give them a framework for identifying their calling? You know, um, I, 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 I'll say it with you know I grew up Wesleyan, and so Wesleyan youth conventions and stuff like that. They always had a a day where it was a certain message where it was like we're going to do a message for full time call to ministry. Well, I received my call to ministry. That I mean, it's a significant part of my journey with the Lord. But then you kind of have you know I mean that's like a small percentage of people coming out of the large mass of people because God, God wants so many people in the marketplace and in the right, do, right doing his work, not just in a local church context. So how do you help folks that you're pastoring to really be positioned to respond to it here and respond to a call from God uh, as they move out of their seasons of pain? Man, that's a great question. I think, you know, when we remind people of what God calls them at the end of their life, and so I always live my life with the end in mind. Mm. And at the end of my life, God is not going to say, well done, thy good and faithful pastor. Hmm. He's not going to say, well done, thy good and faithful apostle, teacher, right. evangelist. Uh, he's not going to say, thy good and faithful business leader, basketball player, uh, pro football player. He's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Mm. And so my life and the priority of our life is to serve God and to serve the lives of other and others. And when that becomes our priority, the pain that we go through uh, gives um, our life and our life of service uh, added value. And we see a different perspective in that pain. It's not that we will uh, not go through pain. It, pain is inevitable. It, it happens right. to all of us. It's how we steward seasons of pain that determine the outcomes and the perspectives that are shaped in and through our lives. And so for all of us that are listening, I think when we look at our lives, not from uh, the position or the posture of what we do, but what God is going to call us at the end of our life, mm. I think that should put a fresh battery in our back to allow us to run a little bit longer in the lane that God has carved out for us even if this season you're in is painful, it's producing uh, something uh, that's so great, so supernatural on the inside of you uh, that you may not see, you may not feel, you may not know in this season, uh, but that God will reveal to you in seasons to come. So good. That's so good. I think sometimes we miss the fact that God is a seasonal God, that he works and he calls us in our life to seasonal assignments. Yeah. So if we have that one beacon of calling that says, hey, I'm a servant of God and I serve others in that process, then you're open-handed to your assignment changing 
into yeah. your assignment being different, right? So there may be a season of life where God does call you into a full-time ministry assignment. And then there may be a season That's where right. he calls you right back out of that into a place, but it doesn't matter because your whatever is coming out of your life, the work of your hands is for service. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's it. What a great insight, man. That's so, wow. So, um, you know, you, you said this, what, what God has put in you is for you. What God has put on you is for others. I'm sure that what you have walked through, the loss of your dad and, you know, successive disappointments and losses in life has changed the way that you pastor other people, that you lead mm-hmm. other people, that you, um, you know, you've written this book that just released recently. It's called The Art of Overcoming letting God turn your endings into beginnings. Um, a lot of what we're talking about probably is some fresh revelation from that, what, you're, you, know, what you wrote in that. But I, I'm curious how that has changed the way that you pastor people. How has that changed the way that you approach ministering to other people? And, and what are you seeing in terms of you know, your perspective as a pastor being different as you're interacting with the pain points of other people in your congregation? Yeah, I think in in life, there's a few things that connect us at a, at a deep level, like very few things can. Uh, one of the first ones is music. Music transcends languages, it transcends uh, cultural barriers. Another one is food. You can go anywhere in the world and um, come to terms of agreement for serious issues over food. Mm. Um, the next one is sports. You know, uh, you think about the World Cup brings countries and nations together. You think about the Olympics where uh, people representing their countries and their their nations are all under uh, one roof racing for one agenda. But then you think about pain. Mm-hmm. Pain has a way of connecting us uh, like nothing else. And I believe we're in a season where humanity is in pain. There's real pain happening across the world in a variety of different ways. And I think when we identify pain points in people and we identify the way that God has brought us out of seasons of pain, and even if we're stewarding current pain, how God is sustaining us and giving us enduring power, uh, the people that we pastor, the people that we walk with uh, can um, see the fruit that is gained in that. Um, and so, you know, it, there are very few seasons where there is not pain as a leader right. uh, because you encounter, you interact with, you love people that are going through pain. And so, you know, for me, it's just having real authentic conversations like this, um, allowing people to know the various seasons that I'm in, because if I'm in a season like that, uh, someone listening to me is in a season like that. Uh, it's it's currently, uh, you know, a season of pain. Last week, I lost uh, one of my mentors. You can't replace a mentor. Um, you know, this man was my middle school, high school basketball coach, my mm-hmm. youth pastor, uh, has been a part of our church for uh, going on 33 years. Uh, he went home to be with the Lord. I spoke with him before I went to Africa. Uh, when I landed back into the States, his wife texted me that he had transitioned. And so we deal with loss all the time, some expected, some unexpected. Yeah. But I believe it's when we point people to Jesus through pain uh, that they see hope uh, and they get an understanding uh, that if Jesus went through pain and he— 
was elevated into a greater call, so can we. Scripture tells us that we are seated at the right hand of the Father. And when he was resurrected, we were resurrected with him. And so every single day is an opportunity for us to identify the areas in our lives that need to be resurrected and seated at the right hand of Jesus. And when that's our perspective, life may not get easier, life may not get uh, uh, better, but we get stronger. Mm. And when we get stronger, it helps to shift, it helps to change, it helps to shape our perspective. Wow. Wow. It's interesting. You know, you're, you're talking about, you know, just losing your mentor and like you get to these places in life where, you know, the age that we're at, where the folks that have gone before us, it's just like we were talking about earlier, like these mantles are becoming uh, vacant and, you know, so it personally impacts you, right? Because it's like, man, this, this person that has spoken so much into my life that I've always been able to lean on and look to, you know, my father, my mentor, my whatever, then now you're finding yourself stepping into those spaces. And, and it, it's very sobering to think like, okay, now I'm, I'm called to steward that kind of mantle, that kind of assignment to reach back to somebody else. Right. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you still feel this, you can feel this void and a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of feeling lost. Like, well, how do I do this? Because the person that was guiding me in this, you know, so how do you wrestle with that tension as you're navigating some of these things? Yeah, I think all of us get lost, you know, when we lose those uh, heroes of ours. And uh, it's like being in a dark room. You know, you have to feel your way through it. And you have to listen to the voice of God to guide you to a place where you can then get clarity and see again. Mm. And it's okay to go through that season of unknown. It's okay to go through that season of feeling your way through it. I think we rob ourselves of the human experience when we rush through a season uh, to make other people believe that we are not weak in our minds or we're stronger than what we are. It's, it's you know, only going to resurface and reoccur in some other area of our life. And so uh, allow yourself to feel everything that you feel, but also allow yourself to um, know who you are in Jesus, to bring you out of those seasons and to remind you of your God-given greatness and the God-given destiny that he's placed on the inside of you when you find yourself lost and searching. Um, and so often, you know, it, this was the case for me. My identity was shaped around what other people thought about me, mm. the people that loved me, the people that were in my life, my 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 dad, my godfather, my grandparents. And, you know, it's not until you really uh, set your feet in the spiritual cement of who God has made you to be. Mm-hmm. And you live in the reality of what he's called you and what he's called you to be, uh, that you get an understanding of who he is and who you are. And I just encourage our listeners, it's great to hear what other people think about you, but there's nothing better than hearing what God thinks about you. So good. And you're going to have to hold on to that word when you find yourself lost and when you find yourself trying to feel your way through life. That is a constant reminder of how uh, you can get to where God desires for you to be by listening to his voice mm-hmm. and following it until you see the light. So good. So good. Whew. Wow. Tim, talk, talk to me about this book. What, what are you, you know, as you poured your heart and your soul into this as you really recounted some of the pain and the hardship that you've walked through. But again, using as a mantle to help other people, leveraging what the enemy meant for evil in your life and turning it around for good. 
what are you hoping for? What are you, what's your desire um, as readers pick this thing up? Yeah, I, I think when you hear the art of overcoming, it sounds a lot more glamorous than what it actually is. Sometimes <laughs> overcoming uh, is simply waking up and putting your feet on the ground and acknowledging, okay, I made it another day. Mm. You know, I overcame yesterday to get to today. And my prayer is for those that pick up this book and, and read it, that you would be encouraged to know that no matter what season you're in, whether you're in a season of loss, grief, suffering, pain, you're not alone. And this book is really a blueprint, a guide to help you along this journey and along this path uh, to get to that place of hope in Jesus again and to get to that place of knowing that there are tools, there are resources, there are things that we can apply in our daily walk with Jesus Christ that will encourage us when the enemy and when the world is trying to empty us of that encouragement. And so, you know, the way that I put it is this book helps us to plan our victories uh, because our defeats will plan themselves. Mm. Wow. Wow. It'll help us plan our victories because our defeats will plan themselves. That's so good. I mean, this has been awesome. I appreciate you spending some time with us oh, and opening you. up your heart, sharing with us. Where can we tune in to what you're doing to a little bit more of your life? Yeah, so uh, you can find all of my social media platforms at timtimberlake.tv. Uh, you can go to YouTube, just put in the search bar, Tim Timberlake. Uh, go to celebration.org. You can see what we're doing as a faith community. And uh, on Instagram, it's T. Timberlake. On Twitter, it's Tim Timberlake. On Facebook, it's Pastor T. Timberlake. And I look forward to connecting uh, with you and uh, seeing how God continues uh, to advance your journey. Uh, through relationship. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks so much. This has been so life-giving just to, to sit here and be able to talk to you about this. And I appreciate you ministering to me. I know you've ministered to the thousands of people who are listening to this right now. So thank you. Oh man, thank you for having me on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Dave. It's been an honor and a privilege. Tim Timberlake, ladies and gentlemen. I that could learn mm. from that man. He had some uh, powerful, powerful moments. Yeah. yeah. And things that like uh, a unique perspective, right? On loss, a unique perspective mm -hmm. on wrestling, a unique perspective on um, the way God calls us and what God does yeah. in our life. Yeah. Uh, that was fascinating. Well, there's, you know, I think sometimes we don't think about when we go back to this idea of transitions, we don't think about transitions being moments of grief or at least holding mm -hmm. and honoring those moments of grief. But we have to yeah. recognize that. I mean, I think mm. there are some times and transitions that we go through in our life that it's obviously grief. Everybody would say, oh, you just went through like a grieving, whether it's the loss of a loved one or yeah, loss a of divorce, something, right? something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But mm -hmm. I think it's important to recognize the loss of something in our life, even if it isn't this obvious totally. deem loss. Yeah. We talk about that in the pain to purpose course. We, we mm. have people go through what's called the layers of loss and we mm. really force them to wrestle with like, where have you experienced loss? Because mm. each one of those losses need to be grieved. Mm in order for your heart to have the capacity, your life to have the capacity to step into the new thing that God wants to do. Mm. Otherwise you just get stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think and, even like the concept, like the things we 
maybe dreamt about a decade earlier that didn't come to pass. Yes. I think some of those of dreams. Yeah, loss of a dream or loss of a dream. Those you watch your dreams like turn into ashes in your hands. You right. you gotta grieve that. Like I don't right. think people give enough weight to even that type of loss and disappointment as well. Yeah. And how that can re- and if you don't grieve it, then you might be in danger of just like mm. never grieve never dreaming again. And I don't that's think right. that's what God has for you either. Like I think God wants to, you to dream with him, you know? Right. right. But you it's can get like- you can get cold hearted when you, when you don't acknowledge those things. Absolutely. It's kind of like the idea of like, God can't resurrect something that's not buried. Mm, that's good. You know, like you, something in your life can die and you not actually acknowledge it with a burial. Mm. And if that's the case, then it, you just, it dies and it mm. doesn't have the opportunity for God to resurrect yeah, it. That's but really we know powerful. that like, there is a in the metaphor of like okay we we've got to bury something under the ground something that's got to be well then that it becomes a seed that takes yeah. root and it can bear something else yeah. right it can become this resurrection power in yeah. your life oh that's good David when you surrender it to God and so that's what transitions mm. are in so many ways and I think that um, that it's in that it's in that those deep places of hiddenness under the soil. Yeah. That God's doing a significant work that can mm. then be, you know, it can be transmitted into something that other people can benefit from, and that's kind yeah. of what Tim said. That, I mean, he said this phrase, that, and I it stopped me in my tracks, Aubrey. Did, when he I, said this, I go, "What? Hold on a second. Like, but he said, "What? What God is? Let's see. What God has placed in me is for me, mm. but what God has placed on me is for others." Yeah, that was that was. One, it was just like a cool, he just said it in a cool way, yeah. but I was also like, whoa, bro. Yeah, well, you know when someone says something that you're like, yes, that's true. I don't know why that's true, but my my entire yes, soul I, resonates I with that. I know what that's you're talking totally about. true. Right. But then you peel it back and you go, wow, yeah. boy, that's deep. I need to wrestle with that. What mm-hmm. God has put in me is for me. What he's put on me is for others. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think how did you like that unpack that? that? Yeah, go ahead. Well, first I went to like as I was processing through it, I first went to like the whole on me because I think sometimes when it comes to mantles or callings yes. or platforms, oh my gosh, yep. the word platform is such a buzzword these days because yep. everybody has a platform, so yep. to speak, right? Right, right. When it comes to that thing, we can think that those things are for us. Yeah. God has put this plan, and so we become mm. possessive over those Ooh, things. It's there so to true. build our acclaim, our name, our and name, our, our right. brand. Our, oh, right. Oh, yes. And and it's not for us. Mm. Yeah. First Peter tells us that we have been given gifts mm. to serve others. Mm. That's why God gave us. So the talent you have, the platform you yeah. have, the opportunity you have, yeah. like all of that stuff, is not to be terminated in you. Yep. It becomes this hollow, empty mm. shell of a gift yep. when it's terminated on you. And I think God in his time exposes those things yeah. as a house of cards. Yep. But it's for others, right? Yeah. And when we serve other people with our gifts, as yeah. Peter says in his epistle, it's like, man, that's there's so much fulfillment in that. So I first went there where it was like this, what he's placed on you, the mantle, the calling, the assignment, it's for for others. Good, yeah. And so not to hold it so tight, to hold it loosely as well. Like, Mm. like God, this is your, and so in, Mm. if this is my assignment for the season, yeah, then I'm gonna steward this and I'll walk in it. 
and then but I'll release the it when it's time. Shifts, mm-hmm. and I think that was you know you and I both. I mean, Ken Roberts is our local church director, development director, yeah. coaching director for Nothing's yeah. Missing. You and I both have spent significant time with him. Yes, he's like our coach, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, he is. He's our life coach, needs, essentially. Yeah. Everyone needs a Ken Roberts in their life. But when he said the phrase to me, grace shifting. It resonated with me mm-hmm. when it, and I, I now I say that kind of a little bit tongue in cheek, but like when I was pastoring resonate yeah. and I was going, God, what are you like? Why does it feel like, and I couldn't put words to it. Mm-hmm. And he said, it seems like the grace has shifted. God is mm-hmm. transitioning you to something else. And I was like, that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So it allowed me to take this thing that, that, I mean, it was so deeply ingrained in my, like, I mean, in my soul, this thing that mm. my late wife and I birthed together, like yeah, painstakingly church, birthed together, right, walked through this right, whole, like right. losing her, all of this stuff that was, mm. and so I'm, I'm like hanging on for dear life. Like we are. are going to make this thing yeah. work and thrive. And it's going to yeah. be for the sake of, oh yeah, for the sake of Jesus, but for the sake of Amanda and the sake mm. of, right. And, and then when he was like, the grace has shifted. Mm. God's got something new for you. Mm. It was like, oh, I could hold it open. Yeah, exactly. Right? And go, all right, God, what do you, and you want to bury this? You want to. Yeah. What do you want to do with this thing? That's okay. yours anyway. This yeah. is yours, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, right, to think about this idea of grace is sh- shifting because, because you might, a certain personality might interpret that as like, Oh God! Oh, uh, I did something wrong. Yeah, Therefore, God right. is removing His blessing or His favor mm. or whatever, and that's not that's it. Not at all you it. know, mm. it is this. That's why I think it's nice to think about it in, in terms of grace. Like it's mm. no, no. I think this is the, and we, you know, we see that Ken Roberts is so good at unpacking all of this. But you see this in the life of leaders that like. Or, or in the life of mature Christians in right. new seasons, the grace moves where suddenly you're like, I don't know, something has shifted. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm being called to leave something and do something new. Or I'm being mm-hmm. called to understand something in a new way. Or, um, and all of it again is, you know, we use this language a lot here. Nothing is wasted, but just God's invitation into deeper right. intimacy and to a deeper understanding of the assignment He's put. If we're going to use that language on you. Mm. For other people. And again, I'm going to go back to Ken Roberts, but he's so good at that, reminding both Davey and I of God has given you an identity. You're a daughter, you're a son, yeah. you are desperately yeah. loved by God. Nothing will ever change that. You're asleep or you're like making millions. Yeah. You are loved. doesn't matter. Right. But also you have an assignment that you yeah. want to steward really well. And I think that's maybe that difference between the, the in you for you and the on you for others. It's so good. That's the anointing. Like when you hear yeah. someone, say, what is an anointing? What does that mean, right? Mm. It comes from, it stems from a place of going, okay, first I am a son or a daughter of, yes. of God, right? Yep. That's my, my identity rests in that. And God has given me an assignment. Yeah. He's asked me to go to work with dad. You know, like that's basically. Yeah. When and when you do that, you find that dad's doing most of the work. You're just kind of holding the flashlight. And all so that way. true. <laughs> you know, so, but, that's a great metaphor. But yeah. it's but it's like this is it. It allows you. You know, I mean, tr- full transparency. Like we were, I I told Aubrey before we started. We're at this roundtable thing, and we've got all these pastors and church leaders. I'm like, I'm nervous about this. Yeah, Aubrey. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so accustomed to stepping up in front of people and talking mm-hmm. to them, calling them, inviting them to. Yeah. Find freedom, you know, from whatever trauma they're in, whatever, you know, find healing. But to talk to pastors, I feel a little bit like an imposter. Yeah, totally. And I was telling Ken this because Ken's with us and he said that same thing. He was like, 
every time I feel, and then he does it in such a Ken Roberts kind like, of way. way. We every love time him. I feel like that, I just remember I'm a son of God and he's given me an assignment. <laughs> and I'm like, I just felt like everything just. <laughs> I know, you're like, oh, so true. You. Wow. <laughs> right. And that, I think you're right. I think that goes back to like what God has put on you, it's for yeah. others. Yeah. As long as we can keep that mindset, then I think we're walking in the flow of God's divine, you know, um, anointing right there. And then what he's put in us is for us, which means it may not be ready to be transferred to somebody else yet. Like there's still stuff stuff about our healing Mm -hmm. that God's doing. And we don't need to just all of a sudden tweet, right? Oh, Oh, here's this thought that just occurred to me. Like, well, let's- why don't we wrestle with that? Live in that yeah. for like a good couple of years. Let God yeah. kind of transform you and then start tweeting about it. I think that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a whole other conversation we could have mm-hmm. too, but I think that's really good. Hey, we, mm-hmm. we are passionate about you. I mean, I'm going to steal Tim's language, but we're passionate about you knowing what God has placed in you and what God has placed on you. Like that's part of what we do here at Nothing Is Wasted is to empower mm-hmm. you to take back your story. One of the things Davey referenced a couple weeks ago in one of our podcast episodes was Carrie Garcia talking about how the enemy partners with people, partners with circumstances, try to like mm-hmm. block your story. But mm-hmm. we believe that you've been empowered by the spirit of God to take back your story. And especially right. if you've been through tragedy or trauma or a major life transition, we want to walk with you to do that. And so if you're yeah. wondering what a first step or a next step is for you, we'd love to invite you to do something really simple. Go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Uh, Davey's going to walk you through a Zoom call, five steps to taking back your story. We offer these pretty regularly, but really it's a personal like touch point with Davey, with some of the other Nothing Is Wasted team, just to kind of know who we are, what we do, and we want to get to know you as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely want to encourage you to go do that. Also, while you are doing things administratively, like housekeeping <laughs> stuff, yes. if you will, if you're, while you're signing up for that five steps taking back your story Zoom call, why don't you also go and give our friend Sleeping at Last some love yes. by downloading or streaming his music. Thank you for providing all the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. And while you're doing that, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at nothing is wasted ministries at Davy Blackburn at Obsamp. And, uh, I want you to go ahead and pre-order Aubrey's book. <gasps> yeah, I will. Amen that. Thank you, Davy. Go ahead and pre-order my book. Because all of our kids need to know how to grow in, this is more than just growing in emotional intelligence. This is like, yes. how do we actually see God as someone who wants to sit with us in our tough days and our tough emotions. That's exactly like that what it is. It's like wrestling concept we were talking about a couple weeks ago, it, right? It's like, but it's for kiddos. how do we teach our that's kids exactly what how it to is. do that? Yeah, and that's, that's so exactly important. what it is. Yeah, I pre-order it. it. It's available on Amazon. Big Feelings Days. Uh, would love for you to do that. It comes out, I think, like next week or in yeah. two weeks, depending on when mm-hmm. this podcast comes out. So I am so excited. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking mm-hmm. of next week, we have a conversation with Barnabas Piper, that we That's want right. to share with you. Our friend Eric Shoemaker got to have a conversation with him. So let's go ahead and listen to part of that. The gospel does not start with our sins. It doesn't start with you're a sinner in need of a savior. It starts with creation. You were created by God as an image bearer of God for a purpose. And you are now a sinner and sin has ruined everything. 
in need of a savior. And the gospel points us back to that first part that says, no, no matter what has been done to you or how low you are, you were created by God as an image bearer of God for a purpose. And that's how he views you. There's dignity in it. There is, there's worth, there is um, hope. And, and then, and then this, you know, you, you jump ahead to the suffering of Christ and the very, it's so simple to put into words, but the depth of the reality is hard to, to kind of articulate clearly. There is no pain and suffering that we have experienced that Christ isn't familiar with. I mean, but part, yes. part of the purpose of the incarnation was for Christ yep. to live the full scope of a human life, including betrayal, including abandonment, including, uh, you know, he, he was betrayed and abandoned by his friends. On the cross, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, I don't think, I think he knew that in that moment, he was also fulfilling the plan of God, but there, there was a turning a turning away by his father in that moment mm -hmm. for the sake of, of, of suffering on behalf of sins. And so as an abandoned person, we have a savior who understands, who sympathizes with yeah. us in our weakness, as I think, as I think Hebrews says that. And, and so th those two realities for me were two foundational ones that when those temptations of, of hopelessness and, and worthlessness and feeling just, like, what do I have to give? What do I have to offer? Mm. Well, God says a lot because he didn't make me mm. to, to be worthless. And Christ is with me presently in the suffering and in mm. the pain. And so... It, there's a lot more, but those two particular realities yeah. are ones that 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 are wrapped up in the gospel and profoundly meaningful to the person who is, mm. you know, living in an empty apartment because they just moved out of the home that they thought they were going to have a future in, and they go, "What? Where do I go from here?"